to begin in Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2, we've been taking the last uh, several weeks on Sunday night and uh, teaching, preaching on different aspects of the family. And I believe the family is very important. And it's the first divine institution God established and uh, back in the Garden of Eden. And it should not surprise us that anything God has sanctioned and God is for, saints against. Amen? And uh, we see different attacks in the family. Uh, we see uh, in our day and age the family, uh, the world trying to redefine what a family is. Uh, but folks, let me just say this. When God sanctions something, invents something, Mankind can say all they want, do all they want, but it's not going to change the fact of what God has already established. And God has clearly established what a family is. And so uh, because of that, I've been trying to do, I try to do usually at least once a year some teaching and preaching on the family. And how we've been doing that is by teaching on different couples of the Bible. And so tonight we're going to uh, look at another couple in the Bible and uh, kind of talk about something that, I'll be honest with you, I don't know that I've even heard a lot of preaching about. And... Uh, an aspect of family that we may not uh, think is that important, but truth be told is important. So Exodus chapter 2, you find your place, stand with me, and uh, we're going to begin reading in verse 15, and we're going to read down through verse 22. And of course, this is the story of Moses, and as Moses has uh, fled Egypt, and uh, because of uh, him killing the Egyptian, it says in verse 15, now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water and filled the troughs to water their father's flock. And the shepherds came and drove them away. But Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. And when they came to Reuel, their father, he said, How is it that ye are come so soon today? And they said, An Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds, and also drew water enough for us, and watered the flock. And he said unto his daughters, And where is he? And why is it that ye have left the man? Call him that he may eat bread." And Moses was content to dwell with the man, and he gave Moses Zephorah his daughter, and she bare him a son, and he called his name Gershom. For he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here tonight, God. Ask, Lord, you'd speak to our hearts, Lord, through the teaching and preaching of your word. And, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that uh, for the families of this church. And, and Lord, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to be, uh, Lord, biblically what we ought to be, Lord, and help us to develop our family relationships, Lord, built on Bible principles so that we can be strong when the storms of life come, when the winds blow and the, and the waves beat, Lord, and, and we can be families. Lord, that it would bring you glory and honor. So we love you and we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Well, I think you probably figured it out that the uh, the couple that we're going to talk about tonight is Moses. And a lot of times you don't think about his wife, but he was married, and his wife's name was Zephora. And uh, we uh, uh, get get some information about this couple. Uh, but the part that I want to kind of look at tonight, and uh, this is a uh, a relationship and family that again sometimes we don't you know think about, we don't uh, maybe uh, uh, you know consider to be important. But we're going to look at, uh, of course, yes, Moses and Zephora, but Moses' relationship with his father-in-law. And, uh, you know, uh, when you get married, you marry another family too. Amen? Uh, they're called in-laws. And uh, as in the words of Pastor Ross, the message he preached to us uh, back in our spring revival, uh, but sometimes, you know what, if you want the treasure, you got to buy the field. Amen? And uh, sometimes along with the treasure comes the field of in-laws. And uh, But, you know, truth be told, it's an important part of the marriage relationship. You know, uh, 
there's, 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 there's a few handful of things that are the top things that cause marriage problems. And on that list, usually it's family problems. And a lot of times it has to do with in-law problems, but it doesn't have to be that way. And so I want to show you a few things here, a few principles tonight uh, from this relationship uh, that Moses, uh, of course, and his wife, but uh, particularly because of his wife, the relationship Moses has with his father-in-law. And you may be here tonight, and you know what? You may be past that stage in life. And uh, you may not have in-laws anymore because they've passed away and, and for whatever circumstances. Uh, but we're going to still look at some overall Bible principles that will help us in uh, not just maybe in-law relationships, but all relationships. Because, folks, here's the truth of the matter. Amen? Life is relationships. That's what it is. And, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, uh, we have problems, and, and most of our problems a lot of times can be traced to relationship problems. You know what? Truth be told, uh, all of us as Christians have to strive and work for our relationship to God. And then, of course, next to God, Jesus said it, the greatest command after loving the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength uh, is loving your neighbors yourself. You know what? That's called relationships. Amen? And so these principles uh, will uh, have a cross-application. But, but, look at, but, but let's dive into this and look at this tonight. First of all, I want you to notice is that Moses labored for his father-in-law. You paying attention, Caleb? Amen? All right. Uh, but uh, he labored for his father-in-law. Notice what it says in verse 21. And Moses was content to dwell with the man, and he gave Moses Sephora his daughter. Now, we know a lot about the life of Moses before he left Egypt. And in fact, for the first 40 years of his life, he spent his time in Egypt. He grew up in Egypt, and he learned the ways of Egypt. And truth be told, in fact, when these these daughters, and later on we come to see where Moses' father-in-law's name was Jethro. Now, I don't think his last name was Bodine, all right? Uh, some of you might get that, all right? Uh, but it was Jethro, okay? And um, uh, But uh, the first 40 years he spent in Egypt, and when Jethro's daughters saw Moses, they, listen, they didn't say, hey, there's the, there's, there's the Jew. That's not what it was. That's not what they said. There's an Israelite. That's not what he said. You know what they said? There's an Egyptian. So Moses, you know, spent 40 years in Egypt and had Egypt all over him. For the next 40 years, he spent in the backside of the desert. And you know what he was doing for those 40 years? Laboring. Laboring for his father-in-law. Amen. You got a long way to go, son. 40 years. Amen. And, uh, but, uh, he was laboring for his father-in-law. And let me tell you what God was doing. God was teaching him some things. You know what God was doing? It took him 40 years to get Egypt off of Moses. And then the last 40 years of his life, he then delivered Egypt, I'm sorry, delivered Israel out of Egypt, and for a lot of those 40 years spent it wandering around the wilderness. And that's kind of the synopsis of Moses' life. But Moses here uh, spent these 40 years in the desert laboring for his father-in-law. Now, a lot of things, no doubt, Moses learned during these times. And that was, first of all, good work ethic. And uh, again, Moses was raised in Egypt. I'm not saying he didn't do things in Egypt. He probably did, but he was privileged in Egypt. Okay, He was literally part of Pharaoh's house. He did, probably didn't do a lot of physical labor. I didn't, he didn't mean he didn't do some stuff. But so uh, he learned a work ethic there uh, in when he worked for his father-in-law. Uh, you know what? He did what a lot of would consider a menial task. Took care of a bunch of sheep. By the way, I think it's interesting that you know, he had to learn uh, to take care of physical sheep so then God could use him to take care of the spiritual sheep or his own people. 
as he led him there. Uh, you know, Moses just went from one desert to the next desert, really is all he did. Okay? But he had to learn those tasks somewhere, and he learned, learned them working for his father-in-law. And then no doubt, Moses had to hone on his people skills a little bit. And, uh, I guarantee this, dwelling with Jethro and those people there in the wilderness was a lot different than dwelling in the palace there at Pharaoh's place. Amen? As he had to learn these types of things. And so Moses here had a good working relationship with his father-in-law. And again, folks, let me just say this, that, you know, when it comes to our relationship, particularly with in-laws in their life, you know, sometimes you got to work at those relationships. And it's a little bit of a different relationship per se, where, you know, a lot lot of us, uh, most of us, you know, don't usually see your in-laws on a daily basis. Nobody said anything. I was waiting for an amen there, all right? I was waiting for, no one said it. Man, you guys are good tonight, amen? But, uh, uh, you know, uh, you don't usually see your, I saw some hands go up back there, man. Brother Mike's praising God back there, amen? But, uh but no, it, but it all, but they are important relationships. I mean, you know what? Uh, your in-laws, if you're married, uh, they, you know, they are the grandparents of your grandchildren. And by the way, the, the grandparents need to see the grandkids from time to time. Amen. And, uh, you know, these relationships are important. And so Moses here worked for his father-in-law and apparently, uh, it was a good working relationship because the second thing we see about Moses is that he loved his father-in-law. Go to Exodus chapter 18 and we're going to be taking a little bit of a journey here through the scripture. And looking at some principles here, but Exodus chapter 18. And we see here in verse 6, uh, notice what it says. And of course, this is when, uh, well, let's just back it up to verse 1, all right? Let's, uh, uh, 18, uh, Exodus chapter 18, verse 1. When Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, heard of all that God had done for Moses and for Israel as people, and that the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt, then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took Zephora, Moses' wife, after he had sent her back. Of course, you don't know if you remember the story or not, but Zephora did not go to Egypt with Moses when he delivered the people. She was apparently going to, uh, but then because uh, Moses hadn't circumcised his sons the way God had said for him to, and he had to end up doing that, apparently there was a little bit of a rift between Moses and Zephora. So she went back with her with, with her dad, but then you know what? Uh, she comes out then uh, to to the desert to meet Moses and of course her father-in-law. And that says in verse three, and her two sons, of which the name of the one was Gershom, and he said, I have been an alien in a strange land. And the name of the other was Eliezer, for God of my God said he was mine help and deliver me from the sword of Pharaoh. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and his wife and the Moses into the wilderness, where he encamped at the Mount of God. And he said unto Moses, I, thy father-in-law Jethro, come unto thee, and thy wife and her two sons with her. And Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and did obeisance and kissed him. And they asked each other of their welfare, and they came into the tent. And so you know what you see here? You see that uh, Moses had a love for his father-in-law. You know, he just he obviously started out working for him, but uh, eventually that relationship was more than just a master, uh, um, a servant, a relationship. Uh, he began to have uh, love and respect. No doubt, Moses here showed that as he his father-in-law came to him and embraced him, and by the way, was thankful to see him. 
Now, some people, if they know their in-laws are coming over, uh, man, you know, sometimes, sometimes people may shut off the TV and the radio and, and close the doors and act like they're not home. Man, maybe sometimes if you knew your in-laws were coming over, you'd, you'd schedule a last-minute vacation or, or uh, you know, all kinds of crazy things. I don't know, okay? But Moses didn't do this. It says that he went out and met him and did obeisance and kissed him and asked of their welfare. And that word obeisance is a demonstration of great respect. By the way, let me say this, folks. Love is always a demonstration. Amen? Uh, you say you love your mate, then guess what God says? Demonstrate that. You say you love your church, then guess what? Demonstrate that. You say you love your mother-in-law. Anybody saying that in here tonight? Amen? You know what they say is mixed emotions, right? Watching your mother-in-law drive over a cliff in your brand new Corvette, all right? They say that's mixed emotions right there. Uh, but, uh, no, you know what? Then demonstrate that. Amen? Now, you know what? Uh, so, again, some people uh, have different relationships with their in-laws. But, you know, you ought to strive to have a loving relationship. Okay? By the way, why would you want to just create turmoil for, 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 for any unnecessary means? Now, understand the principle, the Bible says, of leaving and cleaving. Okay? That's a Bible principle. And by the way, you know, sometimes, you know what you find out? It's not so much the kids, uh, you know, wanting to leave. It's the parents not wanting their kids to leave. And parents have this crazy mentality that they're, they think they're raising their kids for themselves. Let me just say this as parents, all right? And I'm saying this on my own because I have gone through and am going through and will be going through different of these stages in my own personal life. But listen, folks, we didn't raise our kids for us. They don't belong to us. Okay, the Bible says they're lent to us from the Lord. And they're as arrows in the hand of a mighty man. Okay, by the way, what do you do with an arrow? Okay, what good is an arrow left in the quiver? Right? Know what the arrow's been made to do? Putting the bow pulled back, and let out. Amen? And that's what we're doing for our young people. We're trying to teach them right, train them right, and then send them out to go accomplish what God wants for them to do. And you know, some parents can't get that. They can't grasp that concept. And I've seen parents, you know, literally treat adult children, uh, you know, like they're some personal prized possession and they never want to let them go. And they never want to let them experience the normal things of life or God's will for their life. And, And listen, that's not right either. Amen? But all that to say, you know what, if things are the way they're supposed to be and fairly, you know, normal the way they're supposed to be, then you know what, you ought to strive to have a love for those relationships in your life, particularly with your family. Amen? Now listen to me, I don't understand Christians who are just always looking for turmoil in their family, always trying to create drama, always trying to, you know, stir things up. Listen, don't be that way as a Christian. Amen? Now, not that long ago I preached about getting along with people, and we looked at that verse in Romans chapter 12 that says, as much as lieth in you, live live peaceably with all men. And I understand, folks, sometimes, based upon other people's decisions and choices, you know, they're not going to allow you to live peaceably with them. Okay? And I understand all that. I know there's all kinds of crazy circumstances out there. I get all that kind of stuff. Amen? But listen to me, you still, your goal ought to be to try to live with love and respect and have good relationships with your family and your life, particularly your in-laws. Amen? Again, why? Because that that's important. I mean, come on, guys. You know, I know we joke and kid about our mother-in-laws, but without her, you wouldn't have your wife. Amen? Right? Man, well, I'm getting a few amens back there. All right? And vice versa, ladies, you know what? Without your mother-in-law, you wouldn't have your husband, right? And so you ought to strive to have good relationships. And Man, we're getting ourselves in trouble tonight, aren't we? But hey, I told you you don't hear a lot of preaching about this, but it's good, amen? 
I'm telling you, family problems are a major part sometimes of marriage problems, all right? So we see that Moses, uh, he worked for his father-in-law. He loved his father-in-law. How about this? He listened to his father-in-law. Now, the Bible gives us a wonderful uh, uh, illustration here of some counsel that Jethro gave to Moses, all right? Look here, if you will, Exodus chapter 18. Let's look at verse 14, all right? Well, uh, let's see here, verse 13. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said to judge the people. And the people stood by Moses from the morning until the evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people, he said, What is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why sittest thou thyself alone, and all the people stand by thee from morning unto evening? And Moses said unto his father-in-law, Because the people come unto me to inquire of God. When they have a matter, they come unto me, and I judge between one and another, and I do make them know the statutes of God and his laws. And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, The thing that thou doest is not good. Thou wilt surely wear away, both thou and this people that's with thee, for this thing is too heavy for thee. Thou art not able to perform it thyself alone. Hearken now unto my voice. I will give thee counsel, and God shall be with thee. Be thou for the people to Godward, that thou mayest bring the causes unto God. And thou shalt teach them ordinances and laws, and shalt show them the way wherein they must walk, and the work that they must do. Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands and rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties and rulers of tens. And let them judge the people at all the season. And it shall be that every great matter they shall bring unto thee, but every small matter they shall judge, so it shall be easier for thyself, and they shall bear the burden with thee. If thou do this thing, and God command thee so, then thou shalt be able to endure, and all the people shall also go to their place in peace. Verse 24, So Moses hearkened to the boys of his father-in-law, and did all that he said. Let me tell you what we see here. We see Moses listening to wise counsel in his life. Now listen, because Moses labored for his father-in-law, he grew up to respect and love him. And when Jethro came to Moses with this counsel, Moses was able to listen to him. You know why? Because uh, he knew that uh, uh, Moses had his heart. That's why. And and by the way, uh, this was very wise counsel. Okay, very wise counsel. I mean, he wasn't saying these things to Moses uh, so Moses could sit around and, and go on vacation. No, he was learning these things. He was telling Moses things for his own benefit. Now, if Moses had an attitude, he'd been like, who do you think you are? I'm the leader God chose. I know what I'm doing. You see what God just used me to do? Have you ever lifted your rod and parted a sea? Have you ever lifted, uh, you know, done this miracle and that miracle? And he could have, if he wanted to, cop an attitude with his father-in-law. But Moses was wise enough to listen to somebody smarter than him. Let me just all say this, okay? All right? Especially us that are young, okay? Young people, and even my own age bracket. There's always people out there smarter than you. Okay? And you know what? It, it, there's nothing, you know, immature or there's nothing sliding on you to listen, listen when someone's trying to help you and teach you something that you don't know. I don't know about y'all, but I don't know everything. I mean, every day it seems like I'm learning something before that I didn't know. Okay, for example, I'll give you just an illustration of my own trade, okay? One of the things that we got to do when we lay flooring especially carpet, uh, is make carpet seams, okay? And uh, that's a big part of what I do. And in fact, uh, if, if, if you're judged as a carpet layer on your carpet seams, all right? That is, that's what you're judged by. If you do it good, then you, you know, probably are going to get a lot of good work. 
Well, uh, one of the problems, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm getting a little technical here, but I'm going somewhere with this, all right? So hang here with me, all right? One of the problems sometimes that we would have, me and my brother, when we learned to trade with the carpet seams, was that when you'd make a seam, uh, because you use heat, the heat would make the material, and it would cause it, when you'd stretch the carpet, the seam would peak a little bit. It's called seam peaking. And it's been a major problem in the industry for a lot of time, and a lot of times customers, when they see that, they don't like that because it makes the seam stick out. Well, my brother, uh, a few years ago, was buying some tools off an old carpet layer and getting out of the trade. And within that group of tools, that the guy had like three or four different uh, uh, lids from a toilet, tank lids, uh, toilet tank lids. My brother's like, what's this for? You got these in case, you know, you break one, you had an extra? He says, no. He says, when I make carpet seams, I, I run that over the carpet seam. I put weight on there with my toolbox tray, and the ceramic pulls the heat out of the seam, and it makes your seams lay flat. And you know what? Sure enough, it works. I'm going to tell you, it solved the problem that, you know, I say a problem, but something that was always an issue we had to deal with. Just because we listened to some guy who was twice our age, and you know what? Yeah, it seems silly, you know, go to a customer's home, pull out my seam box, and here I got a, a toilet tank lid in my seam box, you know. And that may seem silly, but guess what? It's a trick that works. Now, who would I if I'd been like, oh, what's that old man know? No, I, you know, I'm going I'm to listen. I'm going to pay attention. That is literally something that I listened to that helped me that I didn't know before. That's just a small little illustration of my own personal life. And that, that has to do, you know, not necessarily with spiritual things. But let me just say this, folks. There's a lot of things in life that people know if we would humble ourselves enough. And by the way, be quiet long enough to learn from, especially us young people. Okay, you young people. Listen, when you're around older people, quit trying to dominate the conversation. Let them talk. Amen. Learn from them. They've got way more life experience than you have. All right? I'm not saying don't carry on conversations, but don't dominate. Let them teach you something. Amen? And Moses here listened to the counsel of his father-in-law, and because of that, you know what? It really helped him. And folks, I'm going to tell you, God will bring people in your life that can help you if you just listen to them. Amen? Now, I'm not saying you've got to take every single thing they say to heart. But man, maybe they might have something that could help you. And so he was able to listen to him because of that. You know what else we see? He learned from his father-in-law. And this is important because not only did he listen, he learned. Okay, And we see that Moses, because he took the advice of Jethro, and we see this in the verse, the verse 23 there, it says that thou shalt be able to endure, and all the people shall also go to their place in peace. Listen, because Moses listened, he learned something that helped him personally and helped the people that were underneath him. Amen? Amen. How important it is to learn. Okay, I was just talking to some of the ladies before church and, and, and reading and the importance of, of always learning something. Amen? And listen, folks, God created us in such a way to where our mind, okay, I, I, I can almost guarantee you this, nobody in your lifetime of only 70 years is going to fill your mind with all the knowledge that it's capable of. This ain't going to happen. I mean, you know, think about this for a minute, okay? God allowed man before the flood to live an average of 900 years old. Okay? They still didn't learn at all. And they had way more time than we have. Okay? So listen, all that to say, learn everything about anything that you can. You have, you have no idea what you will or won't do in life. Amen? I'm going to tell you something. That's why, parents, you ought to be teaching your kids all kinds of different things, all kinds of different skills, a little bit about everything. 
Or you've heard the saying, you know, a jack of all trades but master of none. I'm going to tell you, I'd rather have that being said than maybe mastering one or two things, but I'm a moron in every other aspect of life. Okay, now there's certain things that I may know how to do, but I know just enough to be dangerous at, okay? So I'm not going to tackle that. All right, when it comes to electricity, I know enough to call an electrician. Amen? All right? I know a few things, but not enough to, you know, tackle a whole electrical project. But guess what? Some of you do know how to do that, right? And you know what? Brother Dave, he helped me at the house when we uh, did the wiring out there, and I was asking him questions, and, and he was showing me stuff and, you know, mainly making me redo everything I tried doing myself before he got there, right? But, uh, you know, I learned. And particularly talking about in-laws, uh, my wife's stepfather, Gary Ball, man, he taught, he's taught me a whole lot of things in my life. In fact, I remember when we, uh, uh, when we built the school building up there at Blessed Hope, when I was on staff in 2008, we built a second building up there, and that was going to be our school, it was going to be our fellowship hall. And uh, we, uh, the way we built that was, uh, Pastor Ross took about 10 of the men of the church and assigned them over different areas of things that needed to be done. And it was our responsibility to be the general contractor of that area and make sure it got done. Okay. Well, one of the things he put me in charge of was making sure that the plumbing got put in the ground before the concrete got poured. Now, I'll be honest with you. There's only a couple things I know about plumbing, okay? And I'm probably not going to say what they are from the pulpit, okay? But there's a few things I know about plumbing, all right? And I had no idea how to put, you know... By the way, think about this for a minute. If you're putting plumbing in the ground that concrete's getting poured over, there are no do-overs, right? You better make sure it's right. So I didn't know what I was doing. So you know what? My father-in-law, Gary Ball, he knew he knew plumbing. He spent years and years as a plumber, so I called him up. I said, hey, man, this is the project. He says, I'll be glad to help you. So he uh, he came up there, and he worked with me for, for a couple days, showed me what to do, and then you know what? Turned me loose, and by God's grace, somehow that plumbing's still working to this day. Amen? But he taught me things, things I didn't know. By the way, I let him be the expert, and I was the pupil. I shut my mouth, I did exactly what he said, and I let him teach me. And by the way, he taught me enough that when we built our house, okay, me and the boys were able to do all that ourselves. And you know what? I'm no necessary plumber, but we put our whole septic system in ourselves. We put all the plumbing in the floor ourselves. And you know what? All because when I was 23 years old, I listened to what my father-in-law had to say to me. Amen? I was didn't think I knew it all just because I was 23. Okay, and I'm going to say this, it's important that we learn from people in our lives, particularly, especially when you're young, learn from your uh, family, your in-laws. You can learn some things from them, amen? And I guarantee you, if, I, if I, we open it up for testimonies, especially some of you uh, gray hairs in here, amen? And, and by the way, thank God for that. I'm thankful God has given us a good mixture of different people in our congregation. I'm thankful for the senior saints God's blessed our church with, amen? Let me tell you something, seniors, you're important, amen, around here, and we appreciate and we're thankful for you. But I can almost guarantee you, some of you seniors, if I allowed you to give testimony, you would tell me things that when you were young, your, your mother-in-law, your father-in-law taught you. Things that, you know what, you took to heart and things that really helped you in your life. And so, you know what, Moses listened and he learned from his father-in-law. And then last of all, let me show you this. Uh, go to Numbers chapter 10. Numbers chapter 10, the last thing I want to show you here. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. You know those books in the Bible, the first five books, when you start at the beginning of the year, you're like, am I ever going to get through these things? Amen? But uh, well, we see this in Numbers chapter 5. Of course, Numbers is, um, 
uh, uh, where they are numbering the people, thus it's named after that particular thing. I said Numbers chapter 5. I'm sorry, I meant Numbers chapter 10. Numbers chapter 10. I notice what we see. Verse, um, verse 31. Actually, let's back it up to verse 29. And Moses said unto Hobab, the son of Reguel the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law, different couple different names, and went by a couple different names here. We are journeying into the place of which the Lord said, I will give it you. Come thou with us, and we will do thee good. For the Lord hath spoken good concerning Israel. And he said unto him, I will not go, but I will depart to mine own land and to my kindred. And he said, Leave us not, I pray thee, for as much as thou knowest how we are to encamp in the wilderness, that thou mayest be to us instead of eyes. And it shall be, if thou go with us, yea, it shall be. But what goodness the Lord shall do unto us, the same will we do unto thee. And let me show you this, folks, here. And this, man, this is important. You know what? He was loyal to his father-in-law. Okay? In fact, did you, did you kind of, as I read this, this was Moses pleading with Jethro and his family to come with him into the promised land. You know what? He, he understood that was a valuable relationship in his life, and, and, and he had loyalty to that. Now again, folks, I understand. Uh, you know, sometimes, especially if you're saved and your extended family's not saved, okay? I understand that, you know what, maybe that loyalty, you may not be able to have that same type of loyalty that Moses demonstrated here to Jethro, or maybe the same kind of loyalty a person could show uh, to family members that were saved. But you know what, all that to say, uh, you know the old saying, blood's thicker than water, right? You've heard that before, okay? And listen, if you can't have that with blood family, you know what you can have? You can have that with your spiritual family, amen? And you know what? We ought to be loyal to one another. Loyalty. There's something lost about loyalty. I mean, I hate to say it, man, the book of Proverbs talks a lot about it, but about backbiting and things like that. But man, it seems like it, uh, not, not all Christians, and thank goodness for that. I don't believe that's true in this case, in this church, but I've seen it before. Man, Christians sometimes can be some of those vicious backstabbers in the, in the whole world. I mean, somebody looks at them a certain wrong way. I mean, I've literally had people say to me, well, you looked at me funny when you walked in church. Oh, so you're interpreting my looks now? And all of a sudden I hate you because I didn't look at you the way I thought you were supposed, you thought I was supposed to look at you? I mean, the silliest stuff going on, amen? I mean, listen, folks, we need to be loyal, amen? Loyal first and foremost to God Almighty, amen? Be loyal to God, but then also loyal to the family God has given you. And if God has blessed you with Christian extended family, be loyal to that. By the way, guess what? People, whether they are, you know, you're close to them, you're not close to them, I don't care, you know, how deep your relationship is with them, not everybody's going to do stuff the same way as you. We're all different. Okay? I mean, come on, folks, listen to me, all right? As your pastor, you get used to me, okay? Because I'm the pastor that, you know, God has put here at this church. You know, sometimes uh, I'm going to bring different people into the pulpit, and guess what? They're different than I am, okay? But here's the thing. Just because they're different doesn't mean necessarily they're wrong. Now, it's wrong if they're preaching wrong doctrine, and we won't put up with that. I can tell you that, amen? But, you know, different personalities. Hey, aren't you glad we're not all the same? How boring would life be if we all had the same personality, Man, God has such a sense of humor, does He not? I mean, just look at who, how different we are and, and the different personalities and how we do things and don't do things and our thoughts and our opinions. But yet, through all of that, guess what, folks? 
We can still be unified because we serve the same God. we got the same Holy Spirit living within us, and we can be loyal. Amen? Be loyal. Be there for one another. And so if you're blessed with Christian family, Christian extended family, uh, in-laws particular, be loyal to that. All right, be loyal to that. And then if you don't, if you're not blessed with that, then be loyal to the, the spiritual family God has given you. Amen? But we see this principle here of, of this relationship, this good working uh, relationship Moses had with his father-in-law. And because of that, you know what? No doubt that had uh, a huge impact on the life of Moses and his family, his personal family, and of course to uh, his other family. And by the way, it's not surprising to us that Moses was loyal to all his family relationships. I mean, hey, think about this, all right? Think of Moses' brother and sister that was with them, Mo, or Aaron and Miriam, okay? Man, they were together through it all. I mean, Miriam's the one that watched over Moses when he was a baby in the Nile River. And remember when she complained about Moses, and Moses never said a word about it, but God stepped in and struck her with leprosy? And then you know what? Moses and Aaron pleaded for Miriam. God listened to him, and the whole camp waited while she was unclean without the camp until God removed that leprosy from her. She was healed and she had to be clean from that. Hey, the whole camp waited because of the loyalty Moses had for his family. Amen? And again, you see that with Aaron. I mean, Aaron, the fiasco he created when he made that golden calf. But yet, you know what? Moses came down. God dealt with it. The sin was dealt with. And guess what? Moses then again accepted his brother Aaron there back into that family relationship. Man, the Mo- Moses was just a loyal man all around. Amen? So listen to me. Let's learn some of these lessons. And let's take these lessons here about family and apply them to our life. Amen? I'm going to tell you something, folks. There's something about it. If you can keep your family relationships right, guess what? Then, then a lot of other problems you won't experience so much in life. Amen? Trying to keep these relationships proper. So Moses, Sephora, uh, Moses' father-in-law, good Bible principles here uh, that we've learned tonight. Let's pray. Lord, we love you, God. Thank you.